Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That's who he is, right? He's a human eraser. He makes bad plays, bad play calls. He makes them work. I mean, he's such a dynamic football player that I think when you try to hold Josh Allen back, you know, you're probably doing a disservice. It's almost normal now, him making a crazy play like that almost every single game. Sometimes you can't help but just to sit back and be a fan. <laughs> it's like... In your head, you're, you're screaming slide, but then he's just, you know, weaving in and out of defenders, running guys over. It's hard to tell a guy to slide when he's doing stuff like that. Allen steps up in the pocket, going to take off and run. Has the first down and more to the 40, to the 35, 30, breaks away, 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Josh Allen. Yeah, give him a flex, Josh. You're listening to Jeremy and Joe on the home of the Bills, WGR Sports Radio 550. It is Football Friday, presented by Topps Market. Score big savings and elevate your food game. Chiefs and Bills, Sunday from Highmark Stadium, 6.30. Weather looking good. Matchup about as big as they get in this stadium in a long time. To the Western Hotline, joining us is Carrington Harrison of 610 Sports in Kansas City. He talks Chiefs. We talk to, Car- to Carrington regularly. I talk to him in Kansas City. Car- Carrington, good morning. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, I appreciate it. You know what I was actually thinking about this week? We actually led the show with this on Wednesday that just as a Buffalo Bills fan, you have to think about it. For 20 years, you guys could never beat the New England Patriots. Tom Brady, (laughs) he won 33 out of 36 matchups against the Buffalo Bills. And then you guys get maybe the second best quarterback in the world was Josh Allen. He is a phenomenal talent. You guys played the clip, long run, touchdown. And then think about it. You just keep losing to the next version of Tom Brady. Like that just has to be really unfortunate. Yeah. Well, the difference is the Bill Josh Allen already has as many wins over Mahomes as the Bills did over Brady in his entire career. So <laughs> <Good point. laughs> three. You know. Uh all right, Carrington, we, we know these Chiefs and the Chiefs know these Bills, but talk to us about this version of the Chiefs. Uh, playing on the road because of what happened, of course, during the regular season. It's not been a great year for the Chiefs. I think a lot of Bills fans would say the Bills had a a season that they had to kind of struggle through. So is Kansas City in a position to win the whole thing because of Patrick Mahomes, and how is the supporting cast for him this year? 
Yeah, I think there's a couple of different ways to look at it. I guess I would just start with this. I actually think that these two teams have to overcome a very similar hurdle. Like we kind of were just joking about it, but like Buffalo has to prove that they can beat Kansas City in a game like this in a game that matters. Sure, they won in the regular season, but the couple of times that they've matched up in the postseason, they've been unable to win those games. And you guys know this. If you're going to go to the Super Bowl in the AFC, you have to beat Kansas City and you have to beat Patrick Mahomes. This season, Kansas City played six playoff teams. The only playoff team they've beaten is Miami, and I was just never a huge believer in Miami. They played the Lions early in the season. They lost. They played Green Bay. They lost. They played Philadelphia. They played your Buffalo Bills, and they lost. So I understand some skepticism about Kansas City is, hey, if you're a Super Bowl contending team, you got to beat a team that we think can win the Super Bowl. Buffalo is one of those teams, and usually what has hurt Kansas City, it's been drops, penalties, and turnovers. You guys saw that in the matchup the first time with the big penalty with Kadarius Toney. Those have been mistakes that have been very, very critical to the Chiefs this year. Tony's a player that has had critical mistakes, and we, we'd seen the drops before. Have they found something in Rice here that they can rely on as a number one weapon from a receiver standpoint? Yeah, I've been really encouraged, and I think that Dolphins game from last week is, I mean, if Kansas City is going to go on a run, if they're going to win the Super Bowl, I think it's going to be a formula like that. The Chiefs haven't lost a game this season when Patrick Mahomes hasn't thrown an interception, so that's been six games this year. Isaiah Pacheco got 25 touches. Rasheed Rice led the team in receptions, and Travis Kelsey had seven catches for 70 yards. And the Chiefs, in my opinion, might have the best defense in the entire NFL playoffs, so I think that's the formula that Kansas City really really needs to stick with. I think too early in the season, they just tried to have too many guys included. And I think what's really helped is they've pared it down. Scott Moore was injured. Kadarius Toney didn't play last week. MVS's role has been diminished. When they really honed in on, hey, these are the five offensive pieces that we need to trust and highlight, and they really leaned into that, you've really seen an improvement with the offense. A massive dip for Travis Kelsey this year statistically. Has it been – clear that he's he's battling something is this father time what's what's Kelsey at right now I mean it was certainly some of that earlier in the year he got hurt uh in training camp so he didn't play that first week against the Lions he had an ankle injury against the Minnesota Vikings that was like week four week five I really think it's just age you know I mean Travis Kelsey is 34 years old and he's been playing at this level for 10 years it's funny because we were talking about this yesterday on our show in relation to Von Miller you know last year Von Miller had eight sacks and you know, after that Chiefs game, you were thinking, hey, Von Miller's going to be a real threat in the postseason. He gets injured, and then this year he hasn't registered a sack. Like, things just change really quickly in the league. So, with, with Travis, I don't think it's Taylor Swift. I don't think it's the podcast. I don't think it's any of that. I think it's just he, he is a 34-year-old player, and now look at the tight ends. you got Sam Laporta. you got, you know, those young guys. We're talking about 23, 22-year-old tight ends like Dalton Kincaid. And now Travis Kelsey, he, he, he's the old veteran out of the group. Just just how good is Rasheed Rice? Like the numbers look like that of a true number one receiver. Are the numbers that because he's pretty good, but he just kind of has to step up in that role, or is he legitimately, you know, does he look as good, I guess, as how, you know, good his numbers look? Yeah, I don't want to squirrel out of the uh, the answer, but I think it's a combination of the two. You know, someone has to be the leading scorer. Like someone has to take a lot of the shots. So I certainly think that some of it, I mean, he's been one of the most targeted receivers in the last six weeks of the season, he had 12 targets last week. I mean, if you throw it to an NFL receiver 12 times, you're going to be able to put up numbers. I think he's really good after the catch, and I think the Chiefs have kind of figured out, 
hey, at least in year one, we can figure out some of the down-the-field route concepts. Like, he's not going to be a guy that really beats you deep, but they're gonna, he's going to be a guy that they kind of give it to at the line of scrimmage. He makes the guys miss. They put him in those kind of scenarios. So I would say over the last eight weeks, probably that game against Philadelphia was the last time that he wasn't really showcased, that they've really figured out what he can do well, how to get him the ball in space. Carrington Harrison joining us on the Western Hotline. Carrington, I want to give you a hypothetical that it's kind of tough to answer because it, it, it involves pretending the Chiefs have not won two Super Bowls. And the reason I do that is because, you know, you start to win Super Bowls, problems that crop up are, eh, it's, they'll be fine, they'll be fine. The, the way this offense has failed to score this year for Kansas City, the number of times 21 points or fewer, would it be a panic if they had not had the, the hardware to kind of look at, like, hey, things will always get better. Here in Buffalo, this offense, we, we had a midseason panic, and they had a, a coordinator change. So w- what happened to this offense this year? The drops, the scheme, the tackles, Mahomes, the, the, the departure of Eric Bieniemy. Like, There's a lot of things in there. If you could remove the cure-all that is, eh, they got Mahomes and they've won, they've won it. Has there been real concern about their offense? I mean, there definitely has been real concern. I guess it's it's kind of related to the Super Bowl question that I think last year, last year was obviously the best thing to happen, but it also was the worst thing to happen for this year's team that I think Kansas City kind of got the mindset of, oh, well, we have Patrick Mahomes, we have a good offensive line, we'll just figure it out at wide receiver. So you go into a year where you're really relying on Sky Moore, really relying on Kadarius Toney, really relying on Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Like, they just didn't have a lot of proven answers at wide receiver, and I think you saw it play itself out where maybe last year if they don't win, they're more involved to go get Adam Thielen. They're more involved to go get DeAndre Hopkins, a couple of guys who were kind of rumored to Kansas City. I think for the most part, fans just kind of look at it as, hey, you know, this year they maybe went a little bit extreme on not stocking that wide receiver room, but next year you're looking at the draft. There could be eight wide receivers that get selected in round one. It's a really deep free agent class for wide receivers. So I think most people kind of see it as, hey, this year they kind of got caught lacking, but next year they're going to put a significant investment in the wide receiver room. How big a problem are the tackles? The Bills are fourth in the league in sacks this year, even without Von Miller performing. like They've been pretty good pass rush-wise all year. Um, Taylor with the penalties, right? Donovan Smith maybe on the other side. Like, what? How big an issue really could that be for Kansas City? I mean, my biggest fear in this game is there's going to be a third and two that Kansas City has, and Jawan Taylor has a false start, and now that third and two turns into third and seven, and the Buffalo crowd is going crazy. Or my fear is what happened last week is Kansas City scores a touchdown, Rasheed Rice scores on a screenplay. Wait, there's a penalty. It's a holding call, and now the penalty comes back. So you take a touchdown off the board, and now it's third and 12 for Kansas City. So in terms of pass coverage, I actually feel pretty good about their tackles it's kind of those well you know if if you take away the penalty well the penalty happened Jawan Taylor was the most penalized player in the NFL this year since 2015 the officials threw 21 flags against Jawan Taylor this season so there's there's only two certainties I have about this game I know it's going to be cold and I know that Jawan Taylor is going to have a penalty at some point that Kansas City has to overcome it happens every week Carrington Harrison 610 Sports Kansas City so this this Chiefs defense that that's the one thing Carrington that I think about this game that's different from previous matchups. It's is it the first time the Chiefs could legitimately claim to have the better defense in the matchup? Yeah, I think so. It's kind of weird because I mean I would say that like Buffalo and Kansas City's defenses are both really good, 
Buffalo's defense is just much better at taking the ball away, where Kansas City's defense, they just don't really take it away. So Buffalo forced 28 turnovers this year. Kansas City only forced 18 this year. Kansas City's turnover differential was minus 11 because of it, and Buffalo had a positive differential because they could take the football away. So, I mean, that, that, that's maybe the biggest difference. Kansas City's defense, I would say their, their, their number one achievement is they're just really good at taking away what you do best. Like you look at Amara St. Brown. He had less than 100 yards. They've gone against Tyreek Hill twice. He didn't really hurt him that much. Justin Jefferson had 28 yards receiving against this team. A.J. Brown had one catch for eight yards. The Chiefs did a really good job this year of taking away your number one option. Now, you can run on Kansas City. Like, I look at this as being an Isaiah Pacheco, James Cook game, and who can win that matchup and who can really control the line of scrimmage. But defensively, Kansas City has done a really good job. I'm actually kind of happy that Gabriel Davis, for whatever reason, I think Gabe Davis is a good receiver. Whenever he goes up against Kansas City, he turns into Andre Johnson every year. He has some big, long catch like every single season. So I don't know what his status is, if he's going to play. But Gabriel Davis not being at 100% is a positive for the Chiefs. Carrington Harrison, what is the pick for you? I'm going to pick Kansas City in this game just because I think it's a coin flip kind of game. I do think that Kansas City was able to unlock something last week, and if they can stick to it. My big formula has been run the ball, control the line of scrimmage, limit mistakes, play good defense. I think they did all four of those things last Saturday against Miami. If they can do three of those things in this game, I think they're going to win. I think this is a coin flip game. I think you have to give Buffalo the slight advantage because they're at home. But the injuries for the Bills do concern me in this game. I think that's enough to tip it in Kansas City's favor. I think it's going to be a close, entertaining game. Which quarterback can protect the football? Which team can run the football effectively? Which team can limit mistakes? That's the team that's going to win. All right. When I go on your station, I feel I feel an obliga- obligation to pick the Bills in Kansas City. You know, you're talking in enemy territory. Like sometimes uh, I'm the same as you. I feel like coin toss. I have no idea what's going to happen in this game, but I do feel the obligation to pick the Bills to win when I'm on with you. So I respect picking the Chiefs to win just the same. It feels like you know you got to represent in that way. Yeah, absolutely. And you remember during the regular season, I picked Buffalo you to did? win. That's right. Mm-hmm. During the regular season, I said Buffalo needs this game more than Kansas City. I think they win, but I can't come on here. I mean, I can't. <laughs> number one, you know what I really want? I want every person that's going to be at that game to go home hurt. I want them to go home disappointed. I want Patrick Mahomes to get a big third down. He stands up and he and he holds his arms out like uh, like that one scene from Gladiator. And I want everybody to start start throwing ice at him and snowballs and go home upset. You guys should be used to that in Buffalo. You yeah. did it for the entire 90. You're not wrong. Be careful about wishing for those snowballs. I mean, they come from pretty far they, away and pretty I mean, we got we have we got some snowballs. They make it from the upper deck yeah. sometimes. <laughs> Uh, I was actually wondering if you guys could get some of those guys to, 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 to come pitch for the Royals. <laughs> uh, will Taylor Swift be there? What's your hunch? Absolutely. No, t- Taylor Swift, she is, you know, she is our celebrity fan. She's our Jack Nicholson. She's our Spike Lee. She's yeah. been in nine Chiefs games this year. You have to. I mean, she, I mean, she's not on tour, so of course she's going to be at the game. She's going to be sitting right there, 50-yard line. And you know, you guys are going to see her for three, four minutes on the broadcast. Yeah, I, I thought I told Jeremy when uh, you wanted the bet whether or not she'll be there that there was that it was like a TMZ story maybe yesterday. They're entering a challenging phase of their relationship, and I thought, well, now she's definitely going because if she doesn't go, then all the entertainment news is going to be where was Taylor? What's trouble in paradise? 
Yeah, no, she's going to be at the game. I mean, she's been at the last, I think, four games. She wasn't at the Chargers game because she was at the Golden Globes, and the game also just didn't matter for the Chiefs. But, yeah, it's the postseason. She doesn't go back on tour until February. She will be at every Chiefs postseason game. All right. I hope she's ready for Bill's Mafia. Carrington, thank you. I actually don't know if anybody is ready for Bill's Mafia, <laughs> but I appreciate you guys. Yeah, thanks, Carrington. Carrington Harrison, 610 Sports in Kansas City. They're, uh, on the Kelsey cast, Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey, there's a funny clip going around of them talking about Bill's Mafia. And, you know, it's one of those things, Joe, if you want to hate that guy, if you want to hate Travis Kelsey, all he did was say nice things about Bill's Mafia. Like how cool Bill's Mafia is. Like, look at these guys. And he and Jason are watching these guys jump off a table, onto uh-huh. on, on, a flaming table off of a 10-foot snowbank. Yeah. And whatever. It's a, it's a cool clip. It's a funny clip. Between that and I saw Chris Long on his Greenlight podcast talking with his brother saying – America can't let Buffalo get a dome. Like, come on. This is football. Right. So we're not going to get a dome. That's the good news. Do you want to remember some Chiefs? Or do you want to you have anything Carrington we said can, there you want to talk about? We can remember some Chiefs. I, I did just want to quickly point out he was l- – I thought he was going to say Rasheed Rice is, like, dominating. Like, he's a, he's going to be a number one. And he did kind of lay off that a little bit, right? Like, he is – he said someone's got to take the shots, Right. Yep. And he's by far the best they've got, so I mean, he's good. But And that's from a fantasy standpoint. Wasn't that always it? You're, you, if you drafted a Chiefs receiver, you were drafting and hoping this was going to be the guy. Somebody's the eventually going to be Mahomes' favorite receiver target. Right. I, I mean, I picked Tony everywhere because I thought it'd be him. Yeah. Because, or, because of this. like or, These numbers were going to come for somebody. Right? Or you thought it was Sky Moore, or you thought maybe MVS, or Nicole Hardman. Like, yeah, if you were right. playing fantasy, you've been hunting at Chiefs receivers for a while, and finally Rice hits. All right, let's remember some Chiefs. All right. Josh, give me some NFL music if you don't mind. I don't know if the Chiefs have their own theme. The Kansas City Chiefs, they, I mean. They have Be- Beastie Boys, I think. Who's that? Someone told us don't, you're not allowed to play Beastie Boys all week because the Chiefs, like, it's their song or something. Hmm. Their rally song, maybe, is like a Beastie Boy song. I don't know. It's news to me. I'd right. never heard that before, but. All right, let's 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 remember some Chiefs. I'll start Barry Word. You know who Barry Word is? No. Barry Word. He's a tackle so, from the 70s. No. In the early 90s, the Chiefs had three running backs. Christian Okoye, Barry Word, Harvey Williams. The Chiefs were, I would say this, like when you grow up watching football and primetime games, you know, not every, everything was in primetime. Uh-huh. And as much as I have, on these airwaves, complained about seeing so many games at Arrowhead, in the early 90s, when I'm... You know, Joe, I'm like 12 and 13, and there's a Monday night football game on, and it's at Arrowhead. It was magical to watch. Like, holy cow. Look at this. Yeah, Look I- at this scene. And Christian Okoye and Barry Word, and who would have been the quarterback even back then? Is, is Montana? He gets there in like 93. DeBerg. Steve DeBerg. They've always had great running backs, haven't they? Yeah. Because after Okoye, like my heyday... The first Chiefs team I remember, in fact, I think my first memory of the Chiefs is watching them go 9-0 and against somebody, and Priest Holmes was the running back. Yeah. And then they went right from, they, they, they had a run there. My entire childhood, the Chiefs had an amazing running back. They went from Priest Holmes to Larry Johnson. Yeah, that's right. Larry Johnson, who had a couple of big years. Jamal Charles. And they went right to Jamal Charles after that. Who was all-time number one in yards per carry. Yeah. Larry Johnson. He had two back to 05 and 06, which are years we love around here, uh, over 1,700 yards rushing. 
in each of them and 37 touchdowns. Also, Dante Hall is Dante an amazing Hall. chief from That's the early good one 2000s. Too. Neil Smith. Okay. Read some of our answers here that have come in. Tom Bahali. Another Christian. Yes. Right? Tom Bahali. Elvis Gerbach. Tyler Thigpen. Yuck. Dwayne Bow. Well, sure. Here's, yeah. a good, here's a good one from Wayne. LaShawn McCoy. <laughs> Forgot that he went there. He went there and won a and he won a ring. Yeah. Right? But he, I don't think he played in the Super Bowl. No. So. Stefan Page. I think of him way back when. Willie Rofe. Yeah. Uh, boy, who else? Trent Green. Trent Green. Um Tony Gonzalez, of course. Right. I mean, wow, to go from Man, to- I, I always forget about Tony Gonzalez. Tony though. Gonzalez to Travis Kelsey, you know. Holy cow. It's a pretty good, pretty good uh, 30 years of tight end play there. Yeah. Hmm. Peyton Hillis for the Chiefs, although everyone's going to remember him more as a Brown, that's, I think. That's where I think of him. Yeah. How about Thomas Jones? Wow. Right? Not all that memorable. Oh, perfect. Someone just tweeted this one in. Beautiful. How about a wide receiver that wore the number 22? In Dexter McCluster. <laughs> That's a name right there. Yeah. Gadget, gadget guy. Here's a good one. Andre Risen. He played for a lot of teams. Andre Risen. Mm-hmm. Remember some Chiefs. Sammy Watkins played for the Chiefs. Yep. Sammy Watkins, who uh, I think we determined has played for the best combination of quarterbacks in NFL history. He played with Mahomes. He played with Lamar Jackson. He played with Aaron Rodgers. And he played with Jared Goff. Marcus Allen. Really? Yeah. For the Chiefs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. after the Raiders. Montana. Spencer Ware. Yes. <laughs> that was a deep dynasty that's guy a, back a, in the day. Yes. That was a that was a he was a hand, oh. he was a fantasy handcuff for like five years in a row. You know Spencer Ware. Maybe we should only remember fantasy handcuffs. How about Shark Hendrick West? Oh my that's another one. <laughs> Holy cow. Jonathan Baldwin. Tamarick Vanover. Yep. Webster Slaughter. Sharkandrick West. Sharkandrick West. That's such a fantasy poll. Oh, man. All right. I'm about tapped out. Mm. We didn't get any defensive players, really, did we? No. We had, we had Tamba Ali, who were like the chief defenders of uh, of past times. I mean, Derek Tyron Johnson, Matthew? right? Derek Thomas. Derek Thomas, sorry, sorry, yeah. Did you guys say Tyron Matthew? No. No, nope, that's good. recent, but not there anymore. Who, remember, went out in the 13 seconds game early. Which was a giant reason Huge. why the Bills were able to score a million points in that game. Yeah. Um, defensive players. Eric Berry. Tyson Jackson. Frank good. Clark. Eric Berry's a good one. Ty Law. I don't remember him with the Chiefs. I don't remember the Chiefs Jared either. Allen. I don't remember him with the Chiefs either. I remember him riding off on a horse as he announced his retirement. I'm looking up, maybe maybe I'm on a wrong, the wrong list here because I, here's another one I do not remember, but I'm gonna find out if it's true. No, okay, it's not. Who? Maybe, maybe, yeah, my list was an odd search. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jared Allen ever played the Chiefs? How about Kelvin he Benjamin? Did. Calvin Benjamin. Who ended his career in Kansas City. He yeah. went there after being cut by the Bills. How about Josh Gordon? Mark Bullrichter. Josh Gordon's a good one, too. All right, Chris Brown on the other side. It's Football Friday. That, that was our exercise in remembering some Chiefs. Remember some Chiefs. Football Friday, presented by Tops Market. Score big savings and elevate your food game. Legend of the game is going to be Bruce Smith. Nice. Yeah. Bringing out the uh, the big guns. The right here, right one. now gets me every time. Joining us on the Western Hotline, Chris Brown. Chris Brown's appearance brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com by Dunn Tire, official tire dealer of the Buffalo Bills. By Sullivan's Brewing Company from Ireland to Buffalo, the best ales in the world. And by Lockport Outdoor Store, high-impact gear for hardworking men and women. Chris, it'll be another moment. Where would you rather be than right here, right now, for this incredible matchup that we've been waiting for for years, I want to say, right? Years. Yeah, I mean, we, we remember when Sean McDermott you know, first became head coach. I remember him in his press conference saying, you know, the goal is, to be hosting playoff games here in January. And obviously we know the Bills have done that in his tenure. But this one strikes a little different, doesn't it? I mean, this is the team that has quite literally stood in their way. I know the Bengals bounced them out of the playoffs last year, but this one's been the playoff nemesis. You've gotten the best of them in the last three regular season meetings, but for whatever reason, you just haven't played your best when you've met them in the playoffs. And, now is the time. And there's some kind of, I don't know what it is, but just listening to some of the players this week in their press conferences, there seems to be some kind of air of confidence with them. Ed Oliver, most notably for me, you know, they're asking about all the injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Is this poor timing and whatever? And he's just like, how is this any different from any other week this year for us? He's like, we just go to work and we go play. And so... I don't think that the player availability is weighing on their mind at all. Like they have resolute confidence in whoever they have to put out there. And it, I guess it to a certain extent, it's kind of hard to argue because the results have been pretty good. I mean, all things considered once they kind of recalibrated from the initial losses of white Jones and Milano. And so I think having done that, they feel supremely confident that mm-hmm. here facing it again, they can do it too. That, that confidence too, Chris, could come from, I mean, the players would ma- maybe even, you know, turn this frustration into ex- a little extra juice in terms of motivation where all the noise is, well, this is the team that's always in your way. You can't get over the hump. And, and I know two straight playoff losses, but they could be looking at it as, and we're 13 seconds away from a four-game win streak against this team. It's not like, I know regular season, but it's not like this group doesn't know that they can beat the Chiefs. They've done it. Yeah, that's right. And I think having them in their place only helps. So, yeah, um, they just seem like a very confident bunch. Not arrogant, not cocky, but pretty confident. It, it's, it's an interesting thing to see from them, knowing how... You know, the mantra from Coach McDermott all the time is humble and hungry. 
Chris Brown joining us on the Worcester Hotline ahead of Bill's Chiefs here on a football Friday. Chris, which matchup do you like the most for the Bills, like where they match up well against Kansas City? Uh, I like Cook against anybody they can put on the field. I, I really think that's the matchup here, guys. And I'm very interested to see how Steve Spagnolo chooses to account for Cook because he was the Bills' leading receiver and leading rusher in the regular season meeting a month and a half ago. Uh, they had no answer for him, whether at, at the line, even at the linebacker level, or I think the Chiefs have some pretty speedy players in Nick Bolton and Willie Gay who can cover. They could not cover him. Um, he had 140-plus yards from scrimmage and a 25-yard touchdown. Uh, he has got to be priority number one for them because I think for the most part, a lot of their other answers defensively are pretty good. But Cook is a problem for them. And I'm very curious to see how they choose to address it. It's part of this offense this year where a lot of the reviews you, you hear on the Bills, Chris, are they can win in ways that maybe they couldn't before. There's, they're more diverse, whether it's the offense running through Diggs or Shakir or Kincaid. And, and Cook is another way there that taking a little bit of the, the heat off of Josh Allen. I mean, you mentioned what he did from, from scrimmage in that game, 141. It was five catches on five targets. And that's to me, that's something that this offense – has found, and that's efficiency. We've got three now, three targets that have shown to be exceedingly efficient in Cook, Shakir, and Kincaid. When the ball gets thrown to them, good things are happening for this offense. Right, and the target share has reflected that as well, which I think is an indication that Josh has developed a level of trust with Shakir, Kincaid, and Cook. Um I kind of crunched the numbers this week in my five things to watch on buffalobills.com. So, yes, Diggs is still the highest volume target on the team. But since week 14, he's 32% of the targets. The More than two-thirds are going to four or five other guys. I, I don't know if we could have said that at this time last year. It was Diggs and then hope somebody else has a nice game. I, I think it's different now, and I think it makes – Buffalo's passing game more difficult to defend. Not impossible, but certainly more difficult. How big a game do you think this is for Joe Brady? I mean, he's one of the biggest differences, right? McDermott and Reed have battled a, a million times, and Allen and Mahomes. Um, this is the second game for Brady. And, Chris, thinking back to that first one, they started really hot, and they kind of hung on at the end. So, for you, like, what do you, what do you think this game means for, for Brady? I think they really have to be on point with their protections. Uh, the guys on the interior guard to guard for Buffalo have been pretty dang solid all season long. But Osiris Torrance had trouble in that game uh, handling Chris Jones. And it's a good front. I mean, it's not just Jones. I mean, Karloftis had 10.5 sacks this year as well. They were second in the league with sacks with 57. Um and the guys on the back end, you know, a lot of those guys are only in their second season, but they got a lot of games under their belt, and they're starting to learn how to change the picture pre- to post-snap, which is, you know, something for years that Poyer and Hyde have done so well. They're, they're mimicking that now, and they force quarterbacks to pat the ball, and it's a big reason why they have 57 sacks this season. So the concern for me is you got to be on point with your protections, and you got to hold up. Um, and at least give Josh some time 
try to execute the passing game when they do that. Um, the other thing I'd like to see them do is, in anticipation of them having a big focus on Cook, if that seems evident early on, I'd like them to work some play action off of that and maybe you can find you know, some deep over routes and stuff like that if the linebackers are sucking up. So something to keep an eye on. Chris Brown on the Western Hotline. He'll have the call of the game Sunday night, 6.30. Chris, we'll see you in the broadcast booth. Uh, happy anticipation. <laughs> As we all wait for this thing to finally get here. Yeah, the hours uh, are going to tick by slowly, I think. But at least we've got those games tomorrow to keep an eye on. Yeah, I, all eyes on, uh, on Texans-Ravens. Enjoy. Yeah, take care. Chris Brown. His appearance brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com by Duntire, official tire dealer of the Buffalo Bills, by Sullivan's Brewing Company from Ireland to Buffalo, the best ales in the world, and by Lockport Outdoor Store, high-impact gear for hardworking men and women. When we get back, it's Topps Tailgate Trivia. Hmm. Another week with, we listen, when we get talking food, mm-hmm. good things happen. I've found some very interesting food items from Kansas City. Very that, that, That's not just like barbecue? No. No. Huh. Other things. There's going to be a conversation here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's put it this way. Two things I've never heard together before in a pie. Is that's it, next. Is it barbecue and a certain orange colored fruit? No. This is a real <laughs> this is a real pie. It's a real pie. I've never even heard of this before. Two items. Okay. I'm inter- very very excited to hear this. You might want to this, this sounds like a last place fantasy football punishment. You have to eat a pie. This really? pie, this pie. Yeah. Well, maybe some leagues will get some ideas a coming up City next. Delicacy. That's next. Time for Tops Tailgate Trivia. All right. Yeah. Excited to hear about this pie. Yeah. I had a tweet from George. Said, if you guys realize that the Bills make the Super Bowl, you'll actually have to find a recipe that includes cantaloupe. What, uh, George, what are you talking about? There's tons. I mean, I, I don't know what you're talking about. about well, what's that have to do with anything? Top tailgate trivia. So if you wanted to celebrate Kansas City during this game, I found at thetravel.com a list of traditional Kansas City foods. Okay. You could eat, make, prepare, serve any of these 13 foods at this website. Okay. Which of the following three foods is not featured at the travel.com's list of traditional Kansas City foods? Is it A, sour cream and raisin pie? <laughs> B, chili and cinnamon rolls? Or C, cantaloupe? First correct caller to 2214WGR wins a gift card to Tops. You can, of course, make any of these things. Which is not considered a Kansas City food staple that you could make for a... Oh, I just shivered. According the to travel.com, sour cream and raisin pie, chili and cinnamon rolls, uh-huh. or cantaloupe. 2214WGR. Tough one. Um, man, I had a reaction to the, the first... All, all of them. All of them. Listen, chili and cinnamon rolls are probably delicious. Cinnamon. What, but wait, 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 wait. It's a cinnamon roll with chili on like, it. I, I don't know. Or am I eating the cinnamon roll on the side? Am I eating chili and there's a cinnamon roll next to it? Or am I putting chili on the cinnamon roll? Yes. Come on. It's kind of like a bread bowl. That's nasty. Except you eat cinnamon rolls with chili. 
No, I would terrible. I'll tell you right now, I would do that. Come on, that's sweet and savory. That's perfect. Yeah, that's not the right savory though. That's no. Sure it is. Chili. Huh. People put cinnamon in chili. People make chili with chocolate in it or cinnamon or but honey. But what kind of uh, when I think cinnamon roll, I've got like I've got like the vanilla icing over the top too. I can't yeah. I can't have that then with right? chili. Oh man, I bet you can. I would do it. No, I would definitely do it. No so way. There's chili and cinnamon rolls. Uh, then there's of course sour cream and raisin pie. Yeah, what is that? What on earth are we doing? Who did that? Uh, if you Google sour cream raisin pie. There's a lot of recipes that include grandma's sour sour cream and raisin pie. So who did it? Grandma. Our all yeah, of our uh, grandmothers grandma. made sour cream and raisin pie. I mean, what just like what compelled somebody to combine these two right. things? There's, there's only one explanation. Sour cream Ugh, sounds man. terrible, but when made in a donut form, it's delicious. So it must be that it's, sour cream it's, donuts. Yeah, they're tier. amazing. Like, the best. Sour okay, cream so we're amazing. talking like it's it, there's so much sugar in it that it's like not even really sour cream anymore. Yeah, right. It's not actually going to be. Yeah, I don't know. It's like how cannoli filling is actually cheese, but no one actually thinks of it that way because it, it's basically frosting because it's got so much sugar in it. Yeah, it sounds right. Because I'm looking at I'm looking at a picture of this and it looks good, but the sour cream looks like an icing. It looks like a frosting. Our next bet on the bet board is loser eats a sour cream and raisin pie. A piece of it. That's a good bet. Come on. You wouldn't eat that? I would try that. I mean, I don't know. How could there be this many recipes this? for it if it's tr- not good? I would try it before I would try chili on a cinnamon roll. Oh, man. Hey, how would you like your cinnamon roll? With uh, icing on top? No, put a scoop of that chili back there on top. I would... I mean, what madman decided to do that for the first time? That's what we should really be trying to figure out. How does this scare you away? I would totally do that. You would put a scoop of... How do you want your cinnamon roll? Put a scoop of chili on it? Yeah. It's probably delicious. No way. It's probably delicious. I'd rather have a slice of cantaloupe on my my cinnamon roll. Oh, that's just crazy talk. Um... What is Kansas City doing with these weird combos, by the way? Well, their entire identity is a lot of barbecue, so they got to mix it, mix it up. Somebody else got to make another dish. Sour cream and raisin pie. Yeah. I got pictures of it. Boiled raisins are a part of it. How do you feel about boiled raisins just anything, on bo- anything boiled. You, get, you throw the word boiled next to anything, and it just sounds less appetizing. Josh, do we have a winner of tailgate trivia? All right, we're going to get you the winner. Before we do that, we can let you know... Joe's going to be out at Hartman's Distilling Co. Mm-hmm. today from 5 to 7 for a WGR football happy hour. They're mm-hmm. going to be mafia martinis. I don't know if there's going to be a sour cream and raisin pie. There's also, gonna, actually, the mafia martini has sour cream and, and raisins in it. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. Well, then I'll try that. Um, so that's today from 5 to 7 that you're out there. Yes. I might try to make an appearance. This same site, by the way, has like the the, the listed foods for Buffalo, and it's like, it's it's what you'd expect, like, Beef on Weck, Buffalo yep. style pizza, sponge candy, peanut sticks, spaghetti parm. Like normal foods. Yeah. Not chili on a cinnamon roll. Fish fry. These are normal foods. Chicken finger subs. How about this? Here's a fair question. Sarah tweets in Is cinnamon roll chili the new chicken and waffles? Great question. No. You would eat no, chicken and waffles? I would eat chicken and waffles. Why? That's savory but and... But that's, that's like a... That's sweet and savory. That's the whole idea. Yes, but... 
chicken and waffles is a revolution because people realize, like, oh, look at this. I've got but ch- chicken, chicken with maple syrup and a waffle on it. But fried chicken, in terms of versatility, is far beyond chili. Like a, a beef chili? A- apparently not. It, sh- it, 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 I, man. I'll tell you what I'm doing. Next year's family chili cook-off, I'm serving that chili on cinnamon rolls. I'm going to do it. <laughs> you will come I'm, I'm going to win. You'll come in last place. I'm going to win. You're going to eat this chili on a cinnamon roll, and I'm going to take that title back for my brother-in-law. You do the like the, the drip chili, I'll right? I'll do the over-the-top chili. Okay, instead, instead of over-the-top, though, with the meat over top, It'll you have drip a, into a, a, cinnamon no, roll. a cinnamon roll over top that's going to drip oh, down into the chili. There we go. We're on to something here. Disgusting. Congratulations to Ray. The correct answer was cantaloupe. Get the sour cream with the chili. Get the raisins with the cinnamon roll. Let's get back onto planet Earth here, Kansas City. (laughs) All right. Well, now you've got more incentive to want to beat these insane people, right? Yes. Beat the Chiefs. Super Great American Football Friday Frenzy. When we return, you can give us a call. If you've ever eaten sour cream and raisin pie, we'll put you right at the front of the line. Or if you've had chili served in a cinnamon roll, same thing. Right to the front of the line. (laughs) Next segment, if you want to join us. Jeremy and Joe on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 